what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. You'll be witnesses unto me. You will be martyrs. And folks, there have been millions of people who have given their lives for the cause of Christ. And without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, without the baptism in the Holy Spirit, my friend, they were not able to do it. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Second Kings chapter 13. Move down, if you will, to verse 20. Second Kings 13, verse 20. And Elisha died, and they buried him. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming in of the year. And it came to pass, as they were burying a man, that, behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching for just a few minutes. One miracle short. Elisha was somewhere around 30 years of age when God called him into the ministry. He was plowing out in the field with twelve yoke of oxen. When Elijah came by and cast his mantle upon him, Elisha knew that this was a sign that he was to follow Elijah. I'm pretty sure at that time he had no idea where this would lead, what God had for him, But despite not knowing what was in his future, he took that twelve yoke of oxen, he killed them, had a little gathering of friends and family, a little feast. He said his goodbyes, and from that day forward he followed Elijah. And let me just stop right here and say this today. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, any more important than doing what God has called you to do. There is nothing that you can sit here and plan out today in your life. You say, Brother James, I want to do this. I want to get married. I want this job, and it's going to require this kind of education. And I plan on this. I plan on that. There's nothing that you can sit here and plan out today that's any more important than what God has for you. And let me say this, there's nothing that you can come up with on your own that's any better than what God has for you. And God's got good things for you. 
if you'll follow him. But it's going to cost you. You're going to have to be willing to give up some things. You're going to have to be willing to give up some things as Elisha did here. I don't know how much an ox cost. But he killed all 12 of them and had a feast and said his goodbyes. And he left everything behind to follow Elijah. You and I today, Jesus said, if you're not willing to leave your father and mother and sister and houses and lands for my sake, then you're not worthy of me. You've got to be willing to leave the past behind and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you will follow him, he'll lead you into something much better than what you currently have. The Lord will lead you into something better than what you currently have because that's all God's got for you is good things. That's all he has for you. God's got some good things for you, and if you'll let God catch you, he'll bless you with them. Now, Elisha, he left everything. He sat under the tutelage of Elijah for some ten years. I don't know that he realized it or not, but he was being groomed to take the place of Elijah. He was being groomed to be the lead prophet in Israel. Now, I don't know if he realized that or not, but... Ten years of education, ten years of preparation in order to fulfill this great office in Israel. But at a given point in time when Elisha realized that this is what he was being groomed for, this is what God was calling him to do, he realized that education was not enough. And let me just stop right here and meddle a little bit too. When it comes to the work of God, education is not enough. Now when I talk about education, I'm talking about an education in the Word of God. Yes, you need to study the Word of God. The Apostle Paul said over and over again in his writings, I would not that you be ignorant, brethren. God said in His Word that my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. So it is important, ladies and gentlemen, for us to study the Word of God. You and I should make it a lifelong study of the Word of God. You should study the Word of God every day, not just on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings or whenever the church door is open, but you in your time alone with the Lord, you should open up His Word and read it and study it, pray over it, let the Lord speak to you through His Word and get educated in the things of God, but understand that education alone is not enough when it comes to the work of God. I say all that this morning because that's, that, that's a problem with much of the modern church today. Many are going into the ministry today and they have the education, they have the doctorate's degree, and that's all that they have. They're trying to reach the people with, with intellect, with entertainment, 
their oracle abilities and whatever the case. But folks, that within itself is not enough. You've got to realize today that if you're going to do a work for God, how many I believe that God has called you to do something for Him? You are here for a reason. You are here for a purpose. But education is not enough. Elisha recognized that education was not enough, and he asked for a double portion of the anointing that was upon Elijah's life. And folks, let me tell you something today. If Elisha recognized the fact that he needed the anointing of the Spirit on his life, where does that leave you and I at today? The Bible says that Jesus, who was perfect in every way, never sinned one time, the Son of God, and yet God anointed him with the Holy Spirit to go about casting out devils and healing the sick and everything. So if Jesus needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit. How much more do you and I need the anointing of the Spirit? You will not be fully equipped if you stop with education alone. It takes a combination of the two. You've got to have the education and you've got to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit is not something automatic. I'm not talking about what you get when you get saved. I'm not talking about salvation. Every one of you in this place, I hope you're saved today. I hope you've repented of your sins and you've accepted the great sacrifice of Christ. I hope and pray you placed your faith in the finished work of Christ. If you have, your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. And at that moment you accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit came into your heart and life. And he began to work in your life to make you more Christ-like. His job at salvation is to get you ready for heaven and folks let me tell you he's got his work cut out and 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 it's a lifelong work of the holy spirit within your life because i got news for you you ain't perfect you ain't all that your salvation is perfect the holy spirit is perfect but you ain't perfect we talked about it in men's meeting yesterday justification and sanctification we get the two mixed up what what's the difference that those two words are strange to some of you here some of you listening by radio you've heard it you don't know what it is justification is when god sets you free from the penalty of sin Sanctification is when he sets you free from the power of sin. It happens the moment you get saved, you are justified, set free from the penalty of sin, and you are sanctified. You're set free from the power of sin. The Apostle Paul said that sin shall not have dominion over you. Okay? But now, sanctification is also progressive because you've got to learn to walk in the power that God has given you. 
He set you free from the power to sin nature. The Holy Spirit is in your life now. You've got to learn to walk out, to walk after the Spirit. Paul said, if you'll walk after the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's sanctification. All of this is tied up in salvation. You get the Spirit the moment you get saved. But what I'm talking about today, an anointing of the Spirit, a power of the Spirit, a flow of the Spirit, is something that you're going to have to ask God for after you get saved. And what am I asking for, Brother James? You're asking for the Holy Spirit to anoint you in His service. How many of you want to do a work for God? Without this of which I speak today, you will fall far short from what God has for you. You've got to ask Him for it. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force His way. He's not going to try to force the door or force you to do anything, but you've got to ask. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and when you ask Him to save you, that's exactly what He's what He done. But now, if you want to serve Him, you're going to have to say, Lord, I, I need this anointing. Jesus said, if you'll look there in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1. Verse 8, and while you're turning there, let me say that this is a flow of the Spirit. What I'm talking about is a flow of the Spirit within your heart and within your life that will make you so bold for God that you're willing to die for Him. All right, now look at Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Witnesses. That's what God has called every single one of us to be. A witness for Him. What is it that God wants me to do, Brother James? I was in a bad car wreck. I should have died, but I'm still here. You know, I had cancer, and the Lord brought me through all that. The doctor said that I ain't supposed to be here, and God has spared me. And well, what is it that I'm supposed to do? You're supposed to be a witness for Him. That's, that's what, in some way, you're to be a witness for him. But now, let me go a little further with it, because the Greek word here for witness is martus. It's where we get our English word martyr from. He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses, you'll be a martyr for me how many of you today would die if called upon to do so if placed in a situation how many of you are willing to die for the lord jesus christ jesus said when this power comes upon you when this anointing comes upon you 
you'll be witnesses unto me. You will be martyrs. And folks, there have been thousands, thousands, tens of thousands, millions of people who have given their lives for the cause of Christ. And without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, without the baptism in the Holy Spirit, my friend, they were not able to do it. You must have this of which I speak. And you, some of you listening to me right now, you say, well, Brother James, when I got saved and I asked the Lord for this of which you speak today, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I have you know I spoke in other tongues. That's fine. Great. I'm happy for you. But you don't stop there. Yesterday's blessing ain't enough for today. What I'm talking about is something that you need to go before the Lord on a daily basis and say, Lord, I need a touch from you today. I need this flow of the Spirit in my heart, in my life. For me to be the witness that you want me to be today, Lord, I've got to have it. And if you'll ask him for it, he'll give it to you. Matter of fact, he said in Luke chapter 11, verse 9, what I'm talking about today is a gift It is a gift from God. And sadly and regrettably, it is probably the most unwrapped gift in the church today. He said, Luke 9 verse 11, Ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receiveth, And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. He went on then to give this little parable. And he said, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, notice this terminology, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? So this Spirit, the Holy Spirit, what I'm talking about today, you got the Spirit when you got saved, and thank God for that. He's going to keep working in your life and bringing you up to a position where you are more Christ-like. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit at salvation. But what I'm talking about today is a moving of the Spirit in your life that prepares you for service, to work for Him in this world, to be a witness for Him. There'll be a boldness in you like you've never known before. I'll say this. What I'm talking about today When you ask God for it and He gives it to you, there'll be just as much change in you after God gives it to you than it was when you got saved. There'll be just as much change in your heart because now you've got a boldness there to witness for the Lord. A power of the Holy Spirit What I'm talking about today is more than just a gift. Actually, it is a command. Jesus commanded that this happen. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. 
Jesus, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith ye, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Folks, without the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we're just not going to get very much done for the Lord. And my question to you is today, have you asked God for this great gift of which I speak about today? Now, I'm not talking about tongues. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm not talking about gifts of the Spirit. Just, just get that out of your mind. If you ask God for it and He gives it to you, all fine and great. That's, that's lovely. That's, that's wonderful. But you need to go before the Lord and ask Him for this gift. Lord, if there's something missing, if I'm missing something here that you want me to have, Lord, I want it. Lord, I want it. Whatever it is, God, that you want me to have, I want it. And you keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking. Eventually, you're going to get what I'm talking about. And even when you get it, and I'm speaking to those of you who do speak in other tongues, when you get it, even then, you've got to go before the Lord every day and say, Lord, fill me up. Because let me tell you, this world is against you. And it drains you. It drains you down. Yesterday morning in our men's fellowship, meeting i walked into that meeting and my battery was drained i was not fully charged i went in kind of halfway hadn't didn't get much sleep the night before i went in i was groggy and my man my battery was kind of halfway but when i left that men's meeting service yesterday morning my battery was fully charged why because the moving of the spirit of god was in that meeting and it charged my spiritual battery and folks every single one of us in this room we need to go before the lord on a daily basis we need to get those jumping cables hooked up to the holy ghost and ask god to, to fill up our battery get that battery charged up so you can get cranked up and fired up and on fire for God and start telling everybody you know about the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. glory to God it's a command he commanded the disciples he said you tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high this of which I speak is what Elisha asked for. He said in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. God gave it to him. The first miracle that Elisha performed was the opening up of that river. And he walked across. And when he walked across, the other prophets saw him. And they said, the spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. His ministry lasted for 66 years. As the time went on, the miracles began to stack up.
the Holy Spirit began to record, began to document these miracles. The Holy Spirit, through Elijah, performed 16 miracles. Before Elisha died, the Holy Spirit performed 31 miracles. He was one miracle short of the double portion that he asked for. And you say, well, Brother James, how can that be? God didn't give him what he asked for. He was one miracle short. Why didn't God give him that one last miracle? Why didn't God let that last miracle be healing for himself? God did give him that last miracle, but it was after he died. Why did he have to die in order for this last miracle to be brought about? Have you ever thought about it? One miracle short. Why did God wait to after he died to give him that one last miracle? Come on back next week and I'll tell you. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.